Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast. Today's topic, how to handle agendas in a meeting, part one of two. Hi everyone, this is Mike and welcome back to Manage Tools. Today's cast walks through how to prepare and deliver an agenda for a large meeting or training. You know, Mark and I sometimes think that agenda preparation is a lost art. We think of agendas as a skeleton of a good meeting. Sadly though, too many meetings suffer from a lack of structure that agendas provide. Meetings without agendas are usually terribly inefficient. And because they are, somewhat, time-bound, that inefficiency means ineffectiveness. And ineffectiveness is anathema to manager tools managers. In this cast, we tell you what to do once you've prepared your agenda. There's a separate cast for the details and rules around preparation. Be a management artist. Use agendas. Here we go. Agendas are just plain scarce today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of sad and it's shocking, really, when you think about their value. Yeah, well, from, from my point of view, it's not just the meeting leader who fails. It's the executives as well, you know, the, the, the executives attending the meeting. How's that? An executive or manager who attends a meeting that someone else plans, knowing or discovering when they walk in that there isn't an agenda, is simply um, aiding and abetting the crime, so to speak. You know, I, I guess I didn't think about it that before, but from an executive viewpoint, you're totally right. It's, um, you know, this is, this is one of those things where executives set the tone and the standard for an organization and they go into a meeting and they don't, they don't step up and say, Hey, this isn't being done right. You know, I guess, I guess if I think about it, a, ma- a manufacturing executive out on the floor saw something being done wrong that, and, and knew that there was a widely available way to do it better. They'd, They'd step in, right? They'd say, hey, wait, time out. Um, same thing in sales, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, but it's, it's, it's more than that, though, because the executive who's going in, she has a responsibility at guarding her own time. So it's not only you know, criminal for the organization, it's, only, it's also criminal for her. I mean, great executives yes. are constantly thinking about how they use their time. And believe me. They're pretty, they're, they're uncomfortable, you know, when it comes to going to a situation where they can't be sure how well their time is going to be used. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it occurs to me if I had told you, Hey, look, you need to go to this meeting, you'd say, well, what's it about? And who's going to be there? And what's it? Ah, just go. Yeah. You'd be like, exactly. uh, yeah, I'll just go. Okay. Good, a good response. Yeah. Okay. But, <laughs> you know, I reserve the right to throttle you when I come back. Um, so what? Okay. So great point. Why do you think they do it? First of all, not all of us do. <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay, good. Yeah. Good, but good but I, I think it's because the lack of agendas is just so pervasive. I mean, it's and so common that we just we just accept it. It's it's silly and it's wrongheaded, but sometimes it's just easier not to fight. Of course, they they don't want to shut down the meeting. Yeah, but I, I would argue, you know, when I think about it, um, there are often so many people invited to meetings. Um, even though this probably argues they shouldn't be there to begin with, look, they don't, they don't have to shut down the meeting. They could just not go and give some feedback 
and I would argue that over time, smarter people would begin to modify things and so on. But but the meeting can still continue. I mean, not every meeting requires one executive to make all the decisions and be there the entire time. Yeah, so. tr- true enough. I mean, we're always double and triple and quadruple booked, so missing meetings is you know, completely normal. We got to make these missed meetings worth something, though. Well said. I, I completely agree. Um uh, and and the, when I think about it, that's really how organizations improve, right? Executives say, no, there's a better way. And and I'm going to stand up for it. There's going to be a moment of tension. There's going to be a little bit of, of uh, embarrassment maybe. And then people start gradually to improve. Or the executive steps somebody aside, takes somebody aside and say, look, um, I came to your meeting. No worries. Um, and next, fair warning, next time I'm not going to come unless I get an agenda advance. You don't have to do this with everybody. You can do it with your top five skips or your top five directs and say, look, this is the way I want it done. Um, and of course they can, you can just send them to manager tools and it's a no brainer to figure out how. Yeah. yeah. Send them to ma- manager tools. That's a no brainer, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's, so let's start the process of helping managers use agendas. How do we prepare for a meeting using them? And then how do we deliver them? Okay, here we go. There are three sections of this cast, what to do in advance, what to do right before the meeting, and then how to present during the meeting. Here is a broad overview. When it comes to what to do in advance, you prepare your, your uh, agenda well before. You use multiple colors. You use plain flip chart paper. You can't use only a slide in your PowerPoint. doesn't work. Every, li- every item, every topic has one line on the, on the flip chart. And each item has two or three columns, usually two, sometimes three. What to do right before is to post ev- post it where everybody can see it and also where you can see it. Uh, and then how to present during the meeting. You stand next to it. Um, you stand to the audience's left of the agenda. You cover each item. You promise to be done on time. You encourage feedback regarding timeliness. And, and there's one more thing that, that uh, didn't make it into the show notes because I think we've talked about it before, but I'll just repeat it again, is covering the agenda is a 10-minute agenda item all by itself. Yeah, good point. Okay, so let's uh, let's just walk right through them. Okay. Um, so what to do in advance. First of all, uh, we're supposed to be prepared well before. Look, it's no secret that it takes no more time to prepare uh, well in advance than it does to do one right before. Now, I know stuff changes, and people always, we, we tell ourselves that we don't want to do the work and then have that work become OBE, overcome by events. Um, uh, but too many managers use this reason. I don't want to redo it, right? There are going to be changes. Everything changes so fast around here. Um, they use that reason to delay as a reason to not do anything at all. And then that sense of things always changing causes the meeting to be affected by not having an agenda. Um, and that makes everything about the meeting less effective. More thought through is easier to change, right? Yeah, exactly. For, for, for those, for, look, for folks who cling to doing nothing, Another way to think about it is this. If you've got your agenda worked out, even if it's already published, okay, it will be much easier to change if you've already thought through how much time you need for each item. That thinking requires you to have already considered how much time each item needs, how important each item is. 
In fact, generally, a good guideline is those items that are most important get the most time and tend to come early. Uh, so, if you've prepped your agenda, when change happens, you'll understand the why of everything that you've got on your agenda, and that will make the how of changing that much easier. Yeah, and if you get pressure from someone, you can more easily defend your agenda. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. You can say, look, I've thought about this. We're going to need about 45 minutes for that. That's got to be first. So you want to put those three things first. I, what ends up happening is we end up having to cut down the, the discussion. You know, it's an hour-long meeting. We end up having to just cut down the discussion of X, which is the reason for having the meeting. So I just have to say, no, I'm not going to do that this time. Now, it may be that we get through our 45 minutes and 35. And if that's the case, I can definitely put those at the back. Um and what we can do is I'll leave the 45, I'll give you 15 minutes uh, at the end uh, or 10 minutes at the end, and then we'll see what happens. Um, and if we need to have another meeting, we'll have another meeting. That is a much more powerful answer than, uh, no, I really want to do this one first. Yeah. Or and, Joe said he needs to leave early. Right. Well, and, and don't let the fact that you're going to get pressure in terms of, you know, defending your agenda, don't let that be the excuse for not doing an agenda either. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's easy. I know somebody's going to pressure me, so I get I get to do less work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the decision. thing is, this is one of those cases. I, I think we're in agreement that it's just a case of investment. If you invest a few minutes up front, maybe a week before the meeting or two weeks or three weeks before the meeting, if you invest a little bit up front, you get a huge return during the meeting. But everybody says they're so busy that, oh, I don't have time to invest a few minutes up front to save an hour. You start investing a few minutes up front to save an hour. After a while, you're less busy. But everybody, just, in fact, there are people who would say, well, why would I want to appear less busy, right? That's like what we say in the meeting cast. Didn't we say in the meeting cast, I don't want to be early. I don't want to be the only loser who's perceived to not have anything to do, <laughs> right? Yeah. Gee. Yeah. And yet yeah. we all know executives who are always on time and are totally professional and get tons of stuff done. Why? It's because they manage their priorities and they're careful about scheduling their time. So anyway. Good. Okay. Next, uh, next point. Use multiple colors. Yeah, this is, you know, I apologize. There are some people out there. I can think of some of them specifically names not to be mentioned who would just say, well, you know, come on. Um, look, I personally would hate using all the neat colors, the greens and the blues and the oranges and so on and purples and so on, if I didn't know how well it worked. Colors imbue your, your agenda with more energy and also make it much easier for people to read. As long as you don't use pastel colors or too much red, um, which surprisingly for a part of the population is hard to see. Attendees like color they will comment on it. And they will make fun so of you. you oh, no. I'm sorry? And they will make fun of you. No, just kidding. Yeah, they, oh, sure. Oh, they absolutely will. And if people make fun of you while you're becoming more effective, okay. Um, I, I can tolerate that. Yeah, Mr. Feedback, right? Yeah, sure. Give me some <laughs> feedback about my color. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go, go away now. <laughs> I know. And look, uh, we're, we're simply sharing this because we've done thousands of meetings like this. And it works better. And I would love to have one color on my flip charts, black. Yeah. I and remember. I, I remember one time at the uh, the conference, you you talked about doing anything, regardless of how silly it made you feel or look, if it made you more effective. Like yeah. you would walk around the, you would get on all fours on the floor and bark like a dog. 
Yes. And, and then you proceeded to do so and in I front of a hundred people. So. <laughs> and the, I don't think there were any cameras in anybody's hands in those very moments. Thank God. Or, or if there are those, those pictures are going to service later. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I, yeah, I don't think anybody who attended will ever forget that. Yeah. That special moment. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Next one. Use plain flip chart paper. Yeah. This is, um, I'm surprised. I think people, you know, people complain about PowerPoint and then they proceed to use it for everything. And it's, it's a junk drawer like everybody has in their kitchen. Um, and it's not terribly effective. You don't want to simply have your agenda as a slide. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. But look, you want to use plain flip chart paper. Now, I personally like the stuff, the, the flip chart paper with the grid on it. Um, uh, using plain flip chart paper makes it more accessible to the audience. Okay, rather than having something printed on hard paper or glossy or laminated or something like that, it's something that's just kind of rough. Look, I go to executive, I, I facilitate executive meetings with, oh God, salaries, no salary less than $300,000 a year in the room. And they're totally fine with a flip chart paper. People like the fact that um, they, they can see it as a, a sort of a living document. One that they could change if necessary. If they see something pre-printed and glossy and formal and everything else, they're going to think, okay, this is, you know, we're not, we're going to deviate from this. My input's not going to be all that important. This stuff's already been decided. This is a dog and pony show. And, and by the same token that something printed and formal doesn't let you do that, slides don't let you do that either. Um, posting your agenda in this format on flip chart paper means the audience all look at the same agenda as opposed to their own printed copy, which is usually what happens with, with slides. And believe it or not, people have a different experience about the data or the information presented on a document if the document is printed and everyone looks at the same one as opposed to everybody looking at a copy. We've talked about this before, I think, when it comes to using PowerPoint in, in a presentation. Um, but this is just a case where you don't want them looking at their own individual agendas. You want them looking at the wall. If you're going to put it on the wall, it's got to be big enough for them to see, uh, unless you're going to spend time printing it in advance, which most of us don't have time to do, um, unless you live next door to a FedEx Kinko's or something like that. Um, you've got to use plain flip chart paper, and you've got to handwrite on the flip chart paper. Yep. Yep. It's everyone's agenda. Yes, exactly. You know, that's a great way of thinking about it. It is everyone's. It's not, it's not the meeting, the, guy, the person who's running the meeting, because if, if the, uh, the female executive who's running the meeting prepares the agenda and presents it as if it's hers and it's final, then you're right. It distances the people in the meeting from the very agenda that's supposed to help them get done. That's a great point. It is. It's everyone's agenda. Good. And the corollary to using plain flip chart paper is that you can't use only a slide in your PowerPoint, that doesn't work. Look, we're not, we're not going to tack, pow, tackle PowerPoint completely here. Um, we've done a show about that, and we've got more shows coming on, on PowerPoint. For now, though, it's not enough to have a slide with your agenda on it. Look, if you don't give out printed copies, then once you announce the agenda, move past that slide, they're going to forget about it. And then the agenda loses all of its value. To have people try to remember where they're supposed to be in the agenda is a complete waste of time. So it loses, when, it, when the slide goes away, it loses its value as a timekeeper and as a guideline for the rest of the meeting. Right. So then why have it if you're not going to yeah. get any value out of it? Yeah. It, it almost is a, it, it, 
people use it to throw away. Hey, here's our agenda. Da, 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 da. And then you might as well not even do that. It's just a complete waste because yeah. it comes across that you haven't really thought about it and you don't really want to use it as a way to get through more work. Yeah, and it ruins your credibility, right? It ruins your credibility because, because since people aren't focused on it, it's not, you're not, the chances of you actually adhering to the agenda are slim to none. And then when they, people go back and look at the PowerPoint, they go, huh? Yeah, when the idiot couldn't even run his own meeting. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Perfect. Um, Yes, good. Okay. Uh, one line per item. Yeah. Now we're really getting into the, the nuts and bolts of preparing that, that, uh, flip chart paper. Um, but you put, you write the word agenda at the top or today or the day of the week. If you've got a multiple day, uh, meeting happening Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, what have you. And by the way, if you've got a three day meeting, there's absolutely nothing wrong with posting Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays agendas all up on the wall right next to the clock. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, and people say, Oh gosh, well, you know, my Tuesday schedule will affect my Wednesday. Yeah, it will. But sending a message that you've thought through hour to hour to hour, everything that's going to happen, people are going to say, wow, look at all the stuff we're going to get through. Um, it will really help. And and if you have a big bobble on Tuesday, you can always change Wednesday. In fact, when you say to the audience at the end of the day, um, this is another cast for a later date, but when you say to the audience, hey, look, we didn't get through this one particular piece. We're going to rearrange tomorrow. I'll have a new agenda uh, tomorrow morning and it may, it may affect Thursday, but the fact that you're constantly adjusting and reevaluating, okay, how important is this? What else do we need to do? There are some things that you won't get done that won't make it to the next day. And, and people will know that and respect it very, very quickly. Um, so, so that's, so we've got the agenda. It's posted on the wall and, and what does the agenda actually look like? And essentially what it is, is there's one line per item. Each agenda item, each topic that you're going to discuss, or, or each activity that you're going to do gets one line. You don't need a long explanation. You don't need a description um, uh, beyond just the title of the thing, uh, because you're going to do that verbally when you walk through it. Um, and you don't want the audience having to think about the structure of the document they're looking at when they're looking at your agenda. The structure or the format should stay the same throughout. You want to keep it very, very simple, simple, simple. Um, if something deserves its own start time, then it deserves a line on the agenda. But if you have some things that take two or three lines and something that takes one line, people are going to get confused about what they're looking at. The agenda is the highest level structural representation of the day. And that means just something that says what you're going to be talking about or what the goal is of any particular time period. You don't need much more than decide upon, um, discuss, uh, improve results, update, whatever, just a, a, you know, update quarterly report or whatever. It's just three or four or five words at the most on the piece of flip chart paper. Right. And, and those items each have perhaps two or maybe three columns, if you will. Yes, exactly. Um, an agenda item can have three components, and usually or often they only have two. Uh, and, and the columns or the, the components are start time, title, and then the third one, which is somewhat uh, um, uh, optional, is owner. And <clears throat> basically, the columns, you, you don't have to make, make it purely columns. You certainly don't need vertical lines between them. You don't want to do that. But basically... Um, you put the start time of any agenda item on the left edge of your flip chart paper, and after a small space, you write the title. 
Now, now interesting. I noticed that you didn't say an end time. You just had the start time. Yeah, because the start time of the next item is the end time of the previous item. Duh. People are always <laughs> stunned by that. And and I get sent, well, you, you and I both had it happen. We've had, been sent agendas, which list time durations. Right, right. And that's crazy because then you got to start doing math. Oh, the first one was scheduled for 20 minutes, but we only went 15, so I've got to take five minutes off. But the next one took 25, and it was only scheduled for 15, so we're five minutes behind. You don't want that. You want people to be able to look at the agenda and know exactly where they are and know very quickly where they're supposed to be. So they look at the clock, they know where they are, and then they just simply put that time on the agenda, superimpose it on the agenda and say, it's between two, which two things. And then they know which topic they should be on and they know how much time they have left before the next topic. Right. It's very and, and, simple. Yeah. And instead of having to infer where breaks are now, yes. we, have, we have to put them on the agenda itself. Yeah, if you if you have an hour for something, and then you at forty five minutes you say I'm we're going to take a break now for fifteen minutes. It's people, wait, wait, we're supposed to have fifteen more minutes. Boy, that really can can get an audience, you know, uh, uh, surprised. We're, we're going to talk more about how the audience can actually help you achieve what you're trying to do. But yeah, you put breaks and energizers on in there, not just so that you don't surprise them uh, in terms of k- taking time away from something else, but also to send a message that it's not going to be a dry slog across a completely empty desert. We're going to have oases and we're, we'll talk more in a separate cast about how often to have them. The rule is generally every hour, but we're going to have, we're going to have some oasis points along the way. It's either going to be a break for 10 minutes or an energizer for 15 or something like that. And that makes people much more motivated to focus on that 45 minute discussion so that they can get it done in 45 minutes. So they're not breaking, cutting into their time. They can go check their Blackberry. Yeah. And and then on the title, we have some specific recommendations on the title, right? It's not just an arbitrary string of uh, words up there. We want it to be something, you know, what, what it is to be accomplished. Yes, exactly. Um, look, Many folks just list whatever topic is going to be covered, and, and, and that's fine, okay? Quarterly update, quarterly review, project Valdosta update, th- those are fine. But ideally, you use an action verb to say what the outcome will be. Decide quarterly budget, approve Valdosta plan, um, uh, agree or, or consensus on um, – annual presentation to the board or, you know, consensus on board presentation. Um, if you start with an action verb, then it's much easier for the group to know that they've achieved what you want to achieve. If you just tell people we're going to talk about something, there are people, and I'm sure everybody who's listening to me right now knows, can, can think of fa- uh, the, facial, the facial features of at least one person who just loves to talk about things, right? right okay, good. Right. Let's talk about something. Um, a lot of young people do this. They're like, okay, cool. Let's talk about it. Yeah. If only we got paid for talking about things, that would be wonderful. Yeah. You'd be a rich man. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You'd be great. Matter of fact, you are paid to talk. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, pl- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a talking head now. Uh, I'm a disembodied head. We're audio. We're not. Yeah. I've got a radio face, so it's okay. There you go. Okay, so in the in the last column we said is is optional for a reason, which is the owner of the item. Yeah, usually, look, if you're running the meeting, um, uh, it, it can be inferred that you're the owner of everything. If you really want to send a message that somebody else is covering something, you can put the owner on there. I will tell you this. When it comes to day-long meetings um, uh, where it may actually take two flip charts to, to – uh, um, 
to cover everything and you put them vertically on top of one another. You don't put them side by side, by the one, by the way, you, you hang the first one way up high and the second one below it. Um, if you've got all that much stuff on it, um, you may not have, unless you turn the flip chart sideways, which I don't recommend, you may not have room for the owner. Uh, and if you've got 15 things on the agenda and 13 of them, you're the owner, people are not going to be looking for the other owners because they're just going to assume they're going to, they're going to make an assumption. They're going to have a, what amounts to a, um, um, they're going to have a heuristic that says, oh, that's, that's Mike. He's, he's running the meeting. And so it's all going to be him. Um, it's just as easy to leave the owner off in most cases and then say, look, uh, when you get to the point where somebody else is going to be owning things, so look, I'm going to turn it over now to Joe and Joe's going to cover 15 minutes of X or Y or Z. Um, people don't mind that at all. Um, now, if there are seven different people owning seven different discussions, each of which take an hour, an hour and a half or something like that, fine. Put the different owners on there. Um, but, but it's not terribly necessary. And it's certainly not necessary if you're doing training and you're the one who's doing the training, uh, or leading the meeting all day. Right. Okay. So, th- so that concludes the preparation stuff or what to do in advance. So now let's right. talk I, about. Yeah. Let me just cover one more thing, Mike. I, I, I think I just kind of left it out. And that is, um, um, the preparation. We're about to talk about posting this thing, posting the agenda where everybody can see it. And that's great. But you, you can't write at the size that you want to write at and then post it in front of the room and then have people go, I can't read your agenda. Okay, so I want to mention a couple of the things very briefly about the agenda. When I said I like the the grid versions, I think the grids are all each an inch. Um, and in fact, the lined ones, at least in the U.S., are also an inch apart, the horizontal ruled um, flip chart paper. Um, generally, the rule is, I find the rule is two inches tall letters. So two grids vertical, two lines vertical, is big enough that in most rooms, I'm not talking about a room that'll fit 600, but in most rooms, um, you'll be able to see a two-inch high letters, okay? And I'll make another suggestion. We generally don't recommend the post-it note um, type uh, flip chart paper um, for a couple of reasons. One, they're smaller. They're much smaller. They're way more expensive Okay, I think a 50-pad sheet of easel paper costs $19. If you get post-it note paper, you get 30 sheets for 30 bucks. Um, and there are plenty of services on walls all throughout the world, M- maybe not in an internal conference room or with a room with whiteboards that anything will stick to whiteboards. Um, but but um, uh, if you use post-it notes, there are plenty of times in hotels or off-sites where you're still going to have to have push pins. You're going to have to have masking tape. So we don't generally recommend them. N- nothing wrong with them. And if you've got the right venue for them, great. But recognize they're a lot smaller. They're a lot more expensive. And they're not as versatile. Um, and again, you want to have letters that are two inches high. I'm sorry we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't put that in the notes. Um, I just realized as we're talking about all these details, people are going to be saying, I'm sure there's some people right now saying, what's flip chart paper? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's it, everyone, for part one. We'll pick up with the rest of this conversation during next week's cast. As always, we look forward to your comments or suggestions and participation in the Manager Tools discussion forums. You'll find those at www.managertools.com slash forums. So we'll see you all there. Until next week, so long. So long.